Hello and welcome to this summary of all you need to know when it comes to Macbeth, the play, and particularly when you are uh, revising it uh, and considering its key themes, context, the key characters and how you can put that all together into an essay that really gets you amazing marks. Now, Macbeth is a really popular play uh, amongst teachers, particularly in secondary school. And um, Shakespeare, whilst I tend to appreciate a lot of his plays and the artistry behind it, I understand how a lot of students just really struggle with this area, in the literature paper at least. And definitely when it comes to overall performance, a lot of students tend to fall down on the Shakespeare question. So obviously, um, depending on which school you go to and which teacher you have, you may have to study one of the other Shakespeare um, plays. Uh, and we'll be making lots of videos around the different plays uh, by Shakespeare, uh, which summarise everything you need to know. So uh, if you're revising, especially under very, very timed and strict conditions where you don't have enough time to kind of read reams of books and the entire play, this video in a nutshell is what you need to know. And if you can remember a lot of the concepts that I mentioned in this video, I'll try and make them as brief as possible. Uh, you should be in a really good position to secure a really, really strong mark in Macbeth. So let's get started. So firstly, one of the things to always remember with Macbeth is it's what we call a tragic play. But a lot of people don't quite understand what a tragic play means. So tragic plays are not plays where um, essentially somebody dies. Somebody might die in a tragic play, but a tragedy has a more specific uh, definition and it's really important that you understand it. So very quickly, a tragic play features the following. A main character who is known as the protagonist uh, and they are usually very noble and heroic at the beginning of the play. However, they have a fatal flaw, which uh, we call homartia. This is a key word which is great to use. So, for instance, when you're thinking about Macbeth, his homartia is his ambition. Um, and this main character, so the protagonist, and in this case, Macbeth himself, uh, they make lots of mistakes and bad decisions which lead to the downfall. Now, a tragic play does not always necessarily have to lead to death. But usually that's what tends to happen, okay? So it's very important to be clear on what a tragic play means and what components um, form a part of a tragic play. And also discuss that when you're writing your essay, right? Discuss key terms like protagonist and martia. So back to Macbeth when it comes to the plot. So we understand that it's a tragic play. Just a key summary on uh, what the play in a nutshell is. So Macbeth is a place protagonist who at first is noble and he bravely fights for Scotland. Then he meets three witches who plant seeds of ambition into his mind. This is a good metaphor to use when you are talking about Macbeth. The witches plant the seeds of ambition into his mind, uh, but also encouraged by his cruel and ambitious wife, Lady Macbeth. Uh, Macbeth eventually aspires to become more than a soldier and he kills King Duncan and becomes the King of Scotland. So now this is his homartia. So he, his homartia is that he becomes very confused, consumed uh, with an obsessive need to stay in power. So he ends up killing Banquo, his close friend and fellow soldier, who he sees as a threat to his children, uh, who, um, because uh, Banquo's children have been prophes prophesied by the witches uh, as kings. He then embarks on a murderous rampage to kill off any threats to his power. He kills Macduff's family, for instance, so his wife. 
and children, um, but uh, narrowly misses Macduff, who uh, escapes to England. Um, and soldiers in his kingdom eventually stop being loyal to him. So initially, when Macbeth does kill King Duncan, uh, it's very unclear um, in the kingdom, you know, who's responsible for his death. But then um, more and more soldiers, starting off with Macduff, begin suspecting Macbeth of being behind all of these killings. And obviously, by the end of the play in Act 5, uh, we find that um, the soldiers who have stopped being loyal to him in Scotland uh, flee to England. They then plot to get rid of him and eventually Macduff. A soldier kills him and he restores King Duncan's sons as rightful heirs to the throne. So the reason why Macduff was able to kill him is because uh, he was not born of a woman, i.e. he was born uh, through a caesarean section. So when you're thinking about characters, the key characters, obviously the main character is Macbeth. Uh, so he's a noble soldier. Uh, he's corrupted by the witches and his wife, uh, Lady Macbeth. He kills King Duncan and himself he becomes king, uh, king of Scotland before eventually meeting his own death at the hands of Macduff. And then we've got Lady Macbeth here. So she's Macbeth's wife. She's very ruthless, ambitious, and she will stop at nothing to make her husband become king. Uh, yet by the end of the play, she feels incredibly guilty and remorseful about her actions and she's driven insane by her guilt and commits suicide. So it's an interesting turn of events because initially in the play, uh, she is the one who's very direct. She's very controlling, very manipulative of Macbeth. She's the one that really goads him into committing the killings, particularly the killing of King Duncan. Uh, but then she essentially experiences a change of heart and becomes very remorseful about her actions later on and commits suicide off stage. Then we have the three witches who are the other uh, characters. So they are very evil, they're mischievous. Uh, the main purpose is to cause chaos in Scotland. So if you remember in Act 1, Scene 1, Fairest Fowl and Fowl's Fair, uh, the, this sets the scene essentially and we realise from very early on, at least from Shakespeare's perspective, we find that he wants us to realise that the witches are just focused on causing chaos in Scotland. And they use Macbeth as a tool to cause this chaos. And Shakespeare uses them to show how relying on spirits and the supernatural world only brings about death and destruction. Then we have King Duncan. Uh, so he's presented as a really kind and virtuous king. Under his rule, uh, Scotland is really peaceful. Uh, it thrives. Um, and we can say that he is a foil to Macbeth. So he's an, a character who in many ways um, reveals all the deficiencies within Macbeth because when Macbeth becomes king of Scotland, he is very vicious. Scotland also um, uh, starts crumbling. Uh, he is very much focused on how to maintain his power as opposed to uh, how to you know, develop Scotland and how to um, keep the country quite strong. Uh, back to King Duncan, he obviously leads Scotland to victory and peace and order. His leadership style is a huge contrast to Macbeth. Um, and as I mentioned, when Macbeth becomes king, unnatural things happen. Lots of people murdered and Scotland becomes chaotic. The other character is Banquo. So he's a soldier who also becomes Thane. So uh, in Act 1, Scene 3, uh, this is when Macbeth and Banquo, who fought side by side... Uh, successfully um, uh, keep Scotland safe. They um, are rewarded for their bravery and hard work by King Duncan, by both becoming thanes. So obviously um, Macbeth becomes thane of Cawdor, but also Banquo becomes a thane. Uh, 
so when the play begins, we learn he's close to Macbeth and they both fight valiantly, which means bravely. He remains noble and does not pay attention to the witch's predictions of his sons becoming king, showing how loyal he remains to King Duncan, right? He doesn't let the witches sow these seeds of ambition within his mind. Uh, however, he's eventually killed by murderers hired by Macbeth, and um, perhaps he was too trusting with Macbeth, and he wasn't um, uh, careful to see the kind of change in demeanour in Macbeth once Macbeth obviously found out that he would become king thereafter, according to the witches. We then have Macduff, who's one of the uh, very important characters. So he's a soldier and a nobleman who's very loyal to King Duncan. Uh, he becomes very suspicious of Macbeth early on. And this is interesting because he never really believes appearances. And he um, is someone who's very questioning of it. And because he is, whilst Banco and King Duncan kind of took Macbeth at face value and believed him and also took his wife, Lady Macbeth, at face value, they ended up meeting the untimely deaths. Macduff escapes this because he doesn't take what uh, Macbeth says at face value. Uh, in Act 4, for scene one, uh, the witches prophesy to Macbeth that uh, a man not born of woman, which means um, not born through a natural birth, they're born through uh, being cut out of the mother's womb, a, c a caesarean. Um, this will be the man who will have the power to kill Macbeth. And obviously, according to the prophecies, this does come um, to pass. And uh, in Act 5, towards the end, Macduff does kill Macbeth. Okay, so... When you are taking into account um, the entire play, but also these key characters, um, it's really important when you're discussing any exam answers to tie that into context. So this is really important, particularly if you want to aim for the higher level 7, level 8, and even level 9 marks, as opposed to the more standard level 5, level 6 marks, which a lot of students um, tend to get by. But, you know, all they just need to do is start tying in a bit more explicitly back to context. So when you're thinking about context with Macbeth, uh, one of the important things is, um, number one, this was written in the Elizabethan era. So always remember that this was written in the Elizabethan era. Some people make the error of, of saying that it was written in Queen Victoria's time, so the Victorian era. That is not the case. Shakespeare was alive um, much earlier than this. So um, it was called the Elizabethan era or um, some people also refer to it as the Jacobean era, which is also correct. Uh, so at the time, contextually, people were very superstitious and women suspected of being witches were burned at the stake. This is important when you're thinking about both Lady Macbeth and the witches. Now, when you're thinking initially about the witches, the fact that the play even begins with focusing in on them uh, there's lots of pathetic fallacy used, which is dark, kind of um, horrible uh, weather that's used to reflect the general mood uh, that the witches are plotting to cause chaos and disaster in Scotland. And um, people at the time who watched this play would have been terrified to see the witches. They would have known that this bodes really badly for uh, Macbeth. This is a key and important foreshadowing element. So foreshadowing meaning predicting what is to come because it essentially foreshadows the destruction of um, all characters in the play or um, most of the characters in the play. But also Lady Macbeth being um, so ambitious was very uncharacteristic of women at the time. So Elizabethan women were expected to be um, very docile, very submissive, 
they were expected to play a very rigid social role when it came to um, you know looking after the husbands not having very much ambition beyond that and beyond you know um, raising a happy family and Lady Macbeth interestingly is not um, concerned about that and in fact she even says um, that she would kill her own baby if that meant that she could get more power and her husband could get more power so this tied in with the witches would mean that a lot of people at the time who watched this play would see Lady Macbeth as uh, very much aligned with the supernatural and evil world. Also another thing to remember is something called divine rights. So kings were believed at the time to be appointed directly by God and serving God's main purpose. So even thinking about killing a king, let alone killing a king, not only was a treasonous act punishable by death, but it was seen as something that was going against God's will um, and it was seen as really really shocking you know essentially you want to go against God and um, you're basically consigning yourself to hell and that's what Macbeth and um, by extension obviously Lady Macbeth was seen as doing um, and so anyone who attempted to kill a king was seen as, get, as going against God's will which was against um, nature and obviously the death of King Duncan when Macbeth kills him and, and obviously betrays him uh, would have been seen as really shocking contextually by the Elizabethan audience at the time. And so themes is the final thing to remember. So talking about context is one thing and that's incredibly important in getting really, really top marks, but then tying that in with themes, right? So uh, context is important to understand when thinking about themes and you should, should be able to talk about themes, which are ideas that Shakespeare wanted to put across in the play. So some of the main themes in this uh, play, so in Macbeth, are number one, ambition. So obviously, as I mentioned earlier, Macbeth uh, has Hamartia, which is his fatal flaw, and that fatal flaw is his ambition. And it's this ambition that corrupts him. Uh, ambition also is seen as destructive because it motivates Macbeth and Lady Macbeth to commit evil acts. Ambition is seen as destructive as it causes good people to do evil things. And in Macbeth's case, he committed treason, killed his king, went against divine right of King Duncan to rule. But also he committed lots of other murders, um, notably Banquo's death and uh, the killing of um, Macduff's family. The other second theme to be aware of is the supernatural. So the supernatural forces influence Macbeth to commit evil actions. So obviously the most... Uh, clearest example of this are the three witches but also Lady Macbeth is seen as being very much aligned with the supernatural uh, world because she goes against her natural um, way of being at least what the Elizabethan people thought at the time which is she doesn't really care about you know raising a family or being this docile submissive woman she's more focused on gaining power which was seen as very much uh, against the Elizabethan code of conduct for women. Uh, so witches are the main supernatural force and they cause chaos and they would have frightened an Elizabethan audience at the time. Another thing and, and another aspect of the supernatural is the uh, supernatural visions that Macbeth has because they highlight and emphasise the guilt that he feels when he's committing evil crimes so uh, the first one is when he sees the floating dagger as he heads into King Duncan's chamber to kill him and this floating dagger shows he feels really guilty about the sin he'll commit uh, so when we see when Macbeth sees also Banquo's ghost um, in the banquet 
uh, in honor of him becoming crowned king. Uh, he's hired murderers, uh, and the murderers tell him that um, Banquo did successfully die, but his son Fayance didn't. And he sees Banquo's ghost, and he tells the ghost, um, notably, never shake thy gory locks at me. And this vision, this supernatural vision, again shows Macbeth's guilt over killing his comrade and friend. The other interesting theme to be aware of and to be able to discuss in depth is the theme of loyalty. So the play shows that loyalty must be shown in action and not words. So although Macbeth tells King Duncan that he's loyal, his actions show us that he betrays him because he kills him. Uh, in addition, King Duncan is loyal to Macbeth because he rewards his bravery by promoting him to Thane of Cawdor, but Macbeth betrays this. So that's it for now on Macbeth. Uh, thank you for listening. I really appreciate your attention and uh, please do give a thumbs up to